The following conversation with youth activist Freddie Finney Jordette originally aired on April 12, 2019 on the Radical Songbook on KPOV, 88.9 FM, High Desert Community Radio in Bend, Oregon. The rallies referred to in this podcast took place that day. The Radical Songbook is hosted by Michael Funky. It is a two-hour show highlighting the role that music plays in social justice and protest, and it airs Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Freddie Finney Jordette, welcome to the Radical Songbook. Hi, glad to be here. Thanks for coming in. So, um, and I, I was going to say welcome back, welcome, but actually welcome back because you were a student in KPOV's kids camp, kids radio camp, many years ago. I was, yeah, a few years in a row. It was quite a time. Two times in a row. So you enjoyed it. I did, yeah. It's great. And one of your parents, one of your mothers, Judy, uh, had a, she had a show here at KPOV way back at the beginning of, K, of KPOV, and I'm drawing a blank on what the name of the show was. I wish I could tell you. I, I can't quite remember. <laughs> yeah, you were you were a little young at the time. I, I, doubt, re- I doubt you were listening. Well, I think there was were. a recording somewhere of me being like two or three on the show. I don't remember it at all, but I, I remember hearing it. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Anyway, yeah, Judy was uh, one of our one of our original DJs. I would have to say um, back then. So um, anyway, yeah, we want to get right into this. Uh, you know, on March fifteenth, four weeks ago today, actually, over one point four million students went on strike in one hundred and thirty countries and in over two thousand cities and towns around the world. Students joined the school strike for climate on every continent on Earth except Antarctica. And that's because there are no schools in Antarctica. But that didn't stop seven scientists working on that continent from holding a rally in support of the striking students, which I think was pretty cool. The number of student strikers in some countries and cities are staggering. 300,000 in Germany, 200,000 in Italy, 150,000 in Montreal, Canada, and tens of thousands here in the U.S. Their demands were important, but also pretty simple, really. They want adults, notably politicians and others with power, to treat the global climate crisis as an emergency and spend some money on real solutions to turn the tide. Solutions like the Green New Deal championed by Congresswoman Alejandro, Alejandria Ocasio-Cortez, the Paris Agreement, and other actions to reduce carbon emissions and save the planet. The March 15th strikes were not the first student stru- student-led climate actions and they probably will, and I suspect they won't be the last. In fact, ongoing actions uh can be expected from groups like the Sunrise Movement and a group called that calls itself In- Extinction Rebellion. I really like the name of that group. Like to get a button with that. Some 50,000 students participated in climate action events back in 2015 and then And in 2018, then 15-year-old Swedish student Greta Thunberg inspired a wave of strikes. That was just last year. And she herself says that she was inspired by the American students who organized the March for Our Lives in response to escalating gun violence in 2018. Hundreds of Central Oregon students joined that March for Our Lives uh, last year here in Bend and and in other cities, I should say, in Red, Redmond and other communities, sisters and, as well. And several hundred participated in the school strike for climate last month. And one of those students, 17-year-old Freddie Finney Jordette, is here with me today. So thanks again for show, coming in. I really appreciate it. Happy to be here. 
And uh, so how are you today? I'm doing pretty great. Yeah, it's you're playing hooky. Morning. I, I, I am, unfortunately. <laughs> um, because of the timing of the show, I, was, I had to stip a few classes, but my teachers are all aware. So. That's great. And where do you go to school? I go to Redmond Proficiency Academy. All right. Okay. And you are a, what year are you? I'm a junior then. You're a junior. Okay. Um, so you do have a busy day today. Yeah, and we should get right into that. So uh, as I said, listeners, one of the reasons I'm having Freddie on early in the show is because uh, there's a rally scheduled in a few hours up in Redmond and then one later today in Bend. So why don't, why don't we start by, can you tell uh, listeners what's happening today and, and uh, maybe they'll be interested in joining in? Yeah, so on March 15th, um, there was a big push date for the school strike for climate. Um, so in the U.S., that was just one day that uh, a lot of people decided to strike out of school. Um, but globally, people like Greta Thunberg and others in the Fridays for Future movement have been doing it every Friday. Um, so I was chosen to be the uh, lead organizer for Oregon as part of the U.S. youth climate strikes. Um, and part of that was after March 15th, uh, I am trying to coordinate more weekly strikes across Oregon. Um, and so some of those are in Bend and uh, Redmond. So in Bend, we'll be striking every Friday at 3 p.m., um, and in Redmond, it looks like every Friday at 12 p.m., although I'm already hearing that that's sort of an inconvenient time for some. Um, and so so where in Redmond, and, and what what do you anticipate? What's, what's it going to look like? Ah, yes. Uh, well, in Redmond, uh, it'll be outside City Hall. I think that's 411 Southwest 9th. Um, and uh, for today, at least, we'll be... Um, standing there with many, many signs, obviously. Uh, spent all last night making those, as well as uh, I, I can imagine there will be chanting. It's it's mostly about making our presence known. I think that the foundation of political action is making it impossible to ignore a problem. And so um, if the goal is to make it impossible to ignore the fact that climate change is definitely real and definitely a threat to the Earth... Um, striking and making ourselves in in a public place and making it clear what we believe in um, and that we're pretty passionate about it, I think that's an excellent way to do that, to achieve that goal of making it impossible to ignore. And so that's at noon today at Redmond City Hall. Noon today at Redmond City Hall, yes. And then at 3 o'clock today in Bend, where in Bend? Uh, that'll be Peace Corner for those who protest a lot, um, which is uh, kind of by the is it Bank of America or U.S. Bank? I can't remember. Bank of America. Bank of America, yeah. yeah. At, uh, I think that's 311 uh, Wall Street. Um, corner of Greenwood it, and Wall. Yes, corner of... Or Newport I think and Wall. It, yeah, Newport and Newport Wall. Newport and Wall, yeah. Across from the yeah. new First Interstate place. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that is, uh, for, for those of you who don't know, it's uh, if you, even if you've just driven by there and, and, and not participated, it's a place where... For many, many, many years now, people have been gathering uh, weekly or whenever necessary uh, around um, issues of concern here in the community, a broad scope uh, and spectrum of issues that people have. Uh, and it's, you know, it's basically the gathering place. And sometimes it'll spread to all four corners because there's so many people. Uh, all right. So that's at 3 o'clock today here in Bend uh, at the Peace Corner and at noon today uh, at Redmond City Hall. Um, and so you were one of the organizers, uh, local organizers of the March 15th student strike. How, how many, um, how many students are involved in the, in the, 
working on these issues, where I mean, as a, I guess the organizers, the local organizers, how many students would you say are active in that? Um, hmm. so that's a tough question. If you're thinking Oregon only, um, I was the only person on the team of the Oregon uh, Youth Climate Strikes, although I'm trying to change that for our next big push date, which is May 3rd, um, because I, quite frankly, can't do all the work. Um, but there were... If I remember correctly, I think five, maybe six protests across Oregon. Um, one in Pacific University, one in downtown Portland, uh, Gresham, Eugene. There were two on the coast. Okay, so more than that, I think. Um, probably seven, I'd say. So so here in, or- here in Central Oregon, though, you have pretty much been yes. the, the point person for all of this. Uh, but you need some help. I do. Um, so if there are any, any youth who want to uh, help be on the uh, executive state lead team for Oregon as part of the U.S. Youth Climate Strikes, um, I would greatly appreciate that help. Um, currently pulling uh, applicants. I don't have uh, any applications live on the site yet, but we're getting there. And how can people, if people are interested in in participating and in helping you to organize future events because you want to try and do this on a weekly basis you said if possible. definitely yeah so that's a lot of work it that's is a, that's a major commitment and that's a commitment that requires more than one person otherwise you're going to get burnt out oh definitely the you act so how, the ap and the finals are testing yeah so how, I, how can people get involved uh well you can email um the official Oregon email for the u.s youth climate strikes at uh Oregon at usyouthclimatestrikes.org. That's Oregon at US Youth Climate Strikes. Youth Climate Strike. Okay. Dot org. Yes. And that's actually strikes plural. Strikes I believe. Plural. Oh, now you've got me questioning it. Okay. <laughs> Try both, I suppose. Okay. And do you have a Facebook page or anything like that here? Any other social media? Uh, we do have an Instagram page. That's at, okay. um, I believe it's Oregon Climate Strike. Yes, Oregon Climate Strike. Um, that's not plural. There. But nothing here in Central Oregon yet. Nothing. I shouldn't say put it that way. Nothing Central Oregon specific. No. No, not right now. So you could use some help from somebody to set something like that up? Definitely. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, because on March 15th, we only had one bend. That was me. And I'd really like um, to see more in some of the smaller towns around here. So I I, draw, I wasn't able to join the March 15th student strike, but I did drive by. And you had a lot of people out. How many people would you estimate were at that at the Peace Corner? I've seen estimations anywhere from 100 to 300. I think KTVZ reported 200. And I'd say that's about right, around 200, maybe 250. People come and go. They I mean, certainly that's do, it. yeah. So, you know, it's, as you're talking about how many people total are at, at an event like that, not necessarily at any single one time, people yeah. especially. Because that, that ran from, what, that was a couple hours of, of time there? Uh, that was about one hour. One it's, hour, It's hard yeah. to have it for any longer. People well, uh, that, that's great that you were, how, how were you able, so if you were the one, only person who was really organizing that at that moment, how did you get that many people out? Um, so I shouldn't say that I'm the only one organizing okay. that. I was uh, definitely sort of the, the lead there, um, much to, uh, if you ask me, my dismay, uh, which I'll talk about in a moment here. But um, the there were, there were 
definitely others. Um, I had there were there were people from both Mountain View and Bend High who were uh, helping me with that at the various environmental clubs of those schools were making that publicity within the school. Which is, I go to school in Redmond, so I can't just walk into Bend High and start handing out flyers. Right. Um, so that was their jobs, um, which was excellent. I'm very much grateful for that. So Mountain View and Ben did bring out quite a few students to participate. They did. I think the majority was Ben High. There was some from Mountain View. And I even saw like maybe a dozen from um, Summit and a few from RPA. They're all over, really. Yeah. Was there a similar event in Redmond that day, or was there just really the one in Bend? Uh, actually, quite hilariously, my school, um, RPA in Redmond, didn't have school that day. So I figured it... it wouldn't really be very productive to walk out of school when there's no stool. So, <laughs> no, that didn't happen. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be like walking out on a weekend. Yeah, which some which some critics have have argued, uh, and you know some critics of all of this who have who have argued and said uh, why that, that students should be doing this on on weekends and staying in school on weekdays. So, what do you say to that? Well, it's an interesting point, um, and I'll even say it's a good point because you're right. We don't we want to miss as little stool as possible, um, but we also know that teachers and uh, instructors and and um, stool board really everyone um, wants us also wants us to be in stool for as much as possible. Um, so by walking out of stool. Um, by showing that we care enough about this to miss out on some of our own education, um, in theory, that would have more of an effect um, to help solve climate change. And I definitely think it has. The media has been focusing a lot more on climate change in the um, past few months, as well as, as you said, um, Alejandro Tezu Cortez has been pushing for the Green New Deal. Um, I think there's a lot of excellent effects from that. Yeah, uh, I'm going to see if I can find a comment here from some student from a from a, a New York student uh, by the name of. Bear with me here, uh, Alejandria Villa Sonor. Villa Sonor is that a familiar name to you at all? Uh, it's not to me, unfortunately. Okay. Well, she was an active activist in 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 New York City. And uh, she decided that every Friday she would skip her classes and occupy a bench outside the United Nations headquarters in New York with a sign proclaiming school strike for climate. And, you know, she was there are a lot of people that were criticizing her about doing that. And she said, we are calling it the school shutdown strike for climate because our goal is to get so many students striking that we shut down the school for a day. And when she was uh, criticized for that, and and basically skewered. She 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 said, "If I don't have a future, why go to school?" I, I said, you know, I mean, it, uh, I think it's a valid point. I mean, she's you know, it, it's I think it's a point that she's making somewhat with humor, but nonetheless, really, I mean, you know, it's so why go to school if we're going to be too focused? If 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 we're why go to school if we're going to be too focused on running from disasters? Another really good point, both not in terms of just climate, but uh, school uh, violence in schools as well. So there are these criticisms that you hear, and yet um, I've, I've read from other, other students who will say that, you know, going out on strike can be a real education. Yes, absolutely. Um, the source that you cited there, Alejandro, has an extra... Mm, 
words. An excellent point. Um, because it is our future that we're striking for. Um, and considering that reports have shown we have, I think it's about 11 years as the average there, um, before climate change is totally irreversible. Um, and then it's all downhill from there and there's no way to stop it. Well, that's that means that in theory, we would be potentially dying from climate change effects before we would be dying of, of um of natural causes right. which is insane to me um and so yeah it's definitely a, a piece of education um i get people all the time who uh come by the protest saying something like pick up a book well i th- i think that should be reversed there because it's it's pretty clear um when you look at the sort of fight between a few uh supporters generally conservative of the belief that climate change isn't real versus 98% of the climate scientists in the world who have spent their lives studying this sort of thing it shouldn't be that hard to choose which one to believe there i think it's pretty clear climate change is real and it's definitely a problem you actually sound to me like somebody who maybe has picked up more than one book <laughs> well thank you yes i uh, try to pick up as much as possible yeah in terms of books. i mean sometimes the, the 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 comments that one gets when you're out rally, protesting you know back in my day it was cut your hair and get a job <laughs> you know <laughs> so yeah it's on a certain level it, it doesn't change really there's always going to be skeptics and critics who essentially i think and and I, I, this was this was certainly true during the um, the students uh, walkout on uh, the the march for our lives the student walkout around gun violence you know and where a lot of a lot of adults uh, were criticizing and saying essentially saying that you know that you're too young to understand this stuff and that uh, you know really that you just you know you're not you're not equipped to so what do you what do you, what do you say to that when people tell you that they that they think that you're too young to understand what what's going on in the world well to me that's kind of hilarious and i wish saying that was is enough of a retort but um it's not <laughs> clearly um but uh it, it, in terms of gun violence, which I'm only going to touch on for a little bit, but um, in terms of uh, the gun violence argument that we're too young to understand um, the effects of guns, well, we're the ones who keep getting shot in schools, so I I think we understand it pretty well. Um, I even hear people t- telling to the the survivors of the Parkland shooting that they don't understand. Um, gun control and, and that topic. And again, I know, okay, but they were shot at in a stool. I, I think they understand it quite well. Um, definitely the best piece of information in terms of guns is a bullet whizzing by your head. Um, and the the effect of that and the thinking that, wow, um, it is really easy to kill a lot of people in this day and age, especially with our lacks on gun control. In terms of climate change, um, I say again that we'll be the generation that feels the effects. Um, not to be morbid, but a, a lot of the older politicians who are speaking out um, in that climate change doesn't exist, but they're simply not going to be around by the time it has that much of an effect. Um, and we are. Uh, and it, I don't want to die of heat stroke. <laughs> So that's, I, I think, definitely, um, if, I, I think those that are affected by the problem should definitely be able to have their say, and perhaps the most of any say, um, on how to solve it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I would, I would agree with that, yeah. Um, so, um, what are some of the, when you talk, when we talk about the, um, uh, the climate crisis and what needs to be done, um, 
what are some of the things that you would like to see done both and I guess you know maybe starting globally and then and then going locally or however you want to phrase it but I mean it's it's a, it's a big topic there's a lot of uh, possible solutions out there that are being talked about what would you like to see happen what do you think what do you I guess it may be really a better way to ask this is what do you think needs to happen that's an excellent question um, okay so trying to figure out where to start here because <laughs> uh, there's a lot that needs to happen clearly um, I suppose I'll start with the most controversial uh, of these is the Green New Deal um, personally I do in fact support the Green New Deal um, and Alejandro Ortiz-Cortez's efforts um, there there's a lot of misrepresentation of the Green New Deal um, the fact is it, it doesn't say a lot of what people think it does. I wish I could give you a concrete example. Um, but so uh, in terms of what the Green New Deal actually says, as opposed to how it's being portrayed, um, I 100% agree with it. And um, so th that would definitely be an excellent first step is trying to reduce carbon emissions um, and try to get those down because again, pollution, um, and this should be common knowledge due to grade school, but uh, pollution is a major cause of environmental um, catastrophe. So that should definitely uh, be down, which would include uh, getting rid of carbon emissions. I would love to see a all-renewable energy-powered uh, United States. Whether it's achievable in the next 10 years, I'm not totally sure. Um, whether it needs to be done in the next 10 years, well, we definitely want to reduce it. Um, I don't think it's entirely necessary to reduce it to zero, but I would hope to see that in the next 20 years or so. If we can do it in the next 10 years, that'd be excellent um, to see a nation, and specifically the United States, powered by all renewable energy would be a dream come true. Um, and we certainly have the technology in terms of solar panels and wind turbines, hydroelectric dams. Um, tidal energy is really fun, as well as uh, nuclear energy has gotten a lot safer. Um, and, and I think it's definitely to the future. Of course, fusion energy isn't a thing yet, but hopefully soon. Say that again. Fusion energy oh, is also yeah. uh, really excitable. Um, we have maglev lines. We have uh, evacuated tube transport technologies um, that require very little power and are fa even faster than planes. Hey, there's all this new technology that's present right now. Um, that should definitely be adopted. And I think the last... Um, Maybe not the most important, but certainly a uh, very important uh, thing to help combat climate change would be to educate those who don't know about it, um, both you know via protests and rallies and making sure that, but also putting it into the national school system. Right. Um, I definitely think children, kindergarten through eighth grade or even beyond, should be um, taught about climate change and how the environment works in that if we don't treat it well, it will die and then we'll die because we need it. It needs us to uh, respect it, certainly. we got to take a quick break here, and uh, we will be right back after this. Thomas Paine's exhilarating pamphlets, The Village Voice, Pirate Radio. Grassroots Media has set the edge and connected people to each other since our country's founding by unleashing thought and expression that had been suppressed. KPOV continues in that tradition. We provide a platform for local voices to be heard, for the people of the high desert to talk to each other, for local thought to be discussed, dissected, and disseminated. No filters or commercial concerns, 
no buffers or political expediency. Help KPOV continue to serve the high desert by donating during our upcoming spring membership drive. Let your voice be heard. Thomas Paine would be proud. Hi, this is Janice Clanfield here at Elliott Lake, Ontario, Canada, and I listen to the Radical Songbook. All right. Thank you, Janice. And welcome back to the Radical Songbook. I am your host, Michael Funky, and I'm talking with Freddie Finney-Jordet, who's a local youth, uh, a 17-year-old activist here in Central Oregon around climate change, uh, but also... Um, around other issues as well. But just to follow up a bit on what you what you talked about before the break about some of the things that you would like to see done on a national and, and global scale, what uh, and some of those obviously apply locally. The Bend Lapine school system, for example, could, uh, or the Redmond school system, or any school system in Central Oregon, could institute some uh, serious uh, education around the issue of, cli- of, of the climate. But in addition to that, what would you like to see locally? Oh, that's an excellent question. Um, so I'm a big supporter of the Deschutes Land Trust as well as other organizations in um, keeping m- many parts of the Central Oregon environment, um, and it is such a fragile ecosystem, um, away from human hands. Um, I, I think that's really important going forward. It's clear that Ben's expanding at an accelerative rate. Um, is that a word? I think so. Anyway, and uh, Redmond is also as well. Um, I, I, it's even been said that at one point they'll probably even be the same city. They're just it's growing so fast. They're getting closer and closer. They together. are. <laughs> they are. Those those lines are expanding. I think Ben's um, perhaps the third largest or uh, not largest, who uh, fastest growing city in the nation. Yeah, um, one of them, yeah, for which sure. Which is incredible to me. Um, uh, but um, so so I definitely think keeping as much of that environment untouched, as much of the the fragile high desert environment untouched by human hands as possible, uh, is excellent and um, a great way to move forward in terms of the environment. In terms of climate change, Oregon is relatively uh, well equipped when it comes to that. We're seeing a lot more renewable energy. Um, I drive by the new solar panels on the way to Redmond all the time. Um, so that's that's definitely um, a, a a great step forward. I'd love to see more of that, more of that renewable energy, um, as well as m- renewable materials being used in in construction of housing. There's the list goes on and on. Um, uh, but there's a lot in terms of. I, I guess the trifecta would be um, better climate change education. Um, better uh, protection of the environment and more renewable energy going forward. And these are issues that you feel you can pursue locally with or- other organizations and stuff at the city councils and definitely those levels. Um, I've talked to a few other organizations environmentally who uh, would love to uh, get involved in our protesting um, because certainly making the public aware of the problem and um, shoving it in politicians' face um, faces is definitely a good thing, but you also want to integrate that in with the organizations that are uh, actively on the field, getting their hands dirty and trying to um, increase the uh, in, increase our reaction to inevitable climate change. Yeah, and we have a lot of great organizations here in town that on, that on different levels 
are working around this. The Oregon Natural Desert Association is one, Central Oregon Land Watch, uh, the Deschutes, uh, the, the uh, Coalition for the Deschutes, the River Folks, uh, Nature Conservancy. I think we have lo- I mean, a lot of different organizations that, that so we, you're, you're, you're absolutely right that here, both in Oregon and in Central Oregon, we're kind of, we're ahead of a lot of other areas, regions of this country, uh, at least in terms of people uh, in organizations who are trying to educate the public about these issues and trying to move forward, which is really an encouraging sign, I think, locally. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of Central Origins, uh, organizations dedicated to improving the environment. They're, they're a treasure here, definitely. So you're 17. I am. And... Um, how did you become an activist? You know, I mean, let me just say that, you know, when I was 17, <laughs> this changed, but it took a while. When I was 17, I was basically not really too aware of, you know, I knew there was might have been a war in Vietnam. I was aware of the civil rights movement because of television, but I certainly didn't what didn't do anything at the age of 17, except basically I sat around during uh my uh, study period uh, and read James Bond novels um, <laughs> and and perused the sports pages. How did you become an activist? Uh, well, um, that's an excellent question. Um, I, most of, a lot of it, probably most of it actually, um, can be contributed to my parents. Um, mom, which I'm not at you, and other mom, and they'll have to just guess which one is which. Um, yeah, uh, my my two mothers were were adamant in uh, activism when I was very young. Uh, one of my earliest memories is um, being at a protest. I think it was at Peace Corner. Um, I didn't really know much about it. I didn't really know why I was there, but I was holding a sign, and I was I was steadfast in that. Um, and so that was definitely that started very early for me um, before I even knew what knew what I was doing. And then there was a period in which I didn't really protest. I, I was aware that it was happening. I would go to Pride Fest. I would uh, hear about the Women's March and um, be with them in spirit. But I'd never actually go out and do something. And then it was um, a little while ago that the few protests I did turned into the mass amount of protests. Um, I planned my first protest. Um, I think, yeah, I think that was my first protest that I planned, um, like really planned instead of just holding out and getting signed. So I'd really actually trying to publicize it. Um, I believe that was, uh, oh, no, I'm having trouble thinking of it. I think it was um, one on the government shutdown, although that doesn't seem quite right. But that was certainly one of the first ones. Fairly um, recently. Yeah, fairly recently, I mean, recently, within the definitely. great scheme of things, we're talking like you, you've become an activist. You've become more of an activist in the last couple of years. Yeah. You know. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I had planned to uh, – oh, you know what? It was before that, but I can't remember what it was. Anyway, um, this protest um, – was rather small, um, but we got a, a a pretty great turnout of um, of 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 people for such a small protest. I had worked a lot with Indivisible Bend, which is right. sort of the reigning protest group here. Um, not that that's a bad thing; they're actually not what they do. Um, and I think yeah, they're I've protesting. Had, I've had organizers from Indivisible Bend on the show here. They're yes. great. Yes. Oh, yeah, they're, they're really excellent. And I definitely want to work more with them in the future. Um, they were a huge help when I was first protesting. I wasn't really sure how a lot of this worked. Um, 
but then they they were an excellent help in helping me move forward. Um, going forward, I started uh, being able to plan these protests without um, adult help, I guess. Although that sounds sort of patronizing, um, but I suppose that's the point. And and that was I think it's is, okay if you patronize. Them. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's um, <laughs> yeah. definitely excellent. Um, because I, I think one of the main reasons I'm trying to protest more is because it's sad how little of a uh, youth activism scene there is in Bend. And obviously there is, especially recently, um, a present one. But it's there's not a lot of people who are willing to do that. Well, I shouldn't say that because actually I think they are willing to do something, but they don't know what to do. Right. Um, it takes a lot organizing like, and it takes an organ- it it does. Takes organizers. Yeah. They're a lot like me um, – in that I knew it was happening, but I didn't do something. Nobody um, just gave me the information saying, it's here, all you have to do is drive there and be loud. Um, and that really is all you have to do. Hint, hint, um, today in Redmond <laughs> at 12, all you have to do is go to City Hall and be loud. I'd prefer you bring a sign, but you don't have to. You know? You'll know. you provide a sign if necessary. I do. I have, I have like two dozen signs in the back of my car. Um, same with Bend. Again, hint, hint. 3 p.m. at Peace Corner. That's 1033 Northwest Wall Street. Um, all you have to do is be there, and, and that's really all it takes. So, so when you were really young yes, and your mothers would take you to these protests, do yes. you ever recall a time where you thought, what am I doing? You know, why do I have to do this? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, because they were really dedicated in that they would go in the pouring rain and the cold and the freezing. And I would – I think I, I probably would have wanted to come with um, considering I was I was and still am a peace, people person. But, uh, yeah, there are definitely times me um, being at a little kitty uh, jacket, standing in the cold, holding a sign, not knowing what it says, thinking, oh, man, what is this? I'm sure it's important, but – Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I've yeah. I have to. I had to ask that question because I know some uh, some uh, kids. Well, they're older than you are now. The kid, people that are that I knew as as children that were were uh, taken to rallies when they were really, really, really young, and they're now young adults, and they can tell stories about how they definitely. <laughs> but nonetheless, it had an, it had a positive impact on you. It did. Um, I am now more passionate uh, than ever about politics and, and the political scene, um, and I intend to be as obnoxious about that as possible to my political representatives. So um, are you familiar with um, the two groups that I mentioned uh, earlier, this, the um, the Sunrise Movement and uh, what's it called? Extinction uh, – sorry, I lost my note here. Uh, Extinction Rebellion. I am not. I think I've heard the name Sunrise Movement, but I don't know much about it. Extinction Rebellion, um, I've never heard of, although uh, it sounds like uh, they're certainly passionate about it's, it, or it's a punk band. I'm not it, quite sure. <laughs> Could be both. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe it should be both. Uh, basically, the, the, the thrust of, of Extinction Rebellion, or I shouldn't say the thrust, but there's, their, their, their tactics involve uh, mass civil disobedience. It's a, it's a British it's, – it's kind of headquartered in Great Britain, and I don't know how much beyond Great Britain it's really expanded. But essentially, that's where they're coming from is, is, is the whole idea of civil disobedience, uh, which has been historically – one way to get your message uh, out there. Have you ever given oh, any thought to that? Definitely. That's how I was raised. Um, 
I didn't do a lot of civil dis. I haven't actually done a lot of civil disobedience in my life, um, but um, although I'm I'm sure I did before I could remember it, um, but before I had the ability to remember anything, um, but. Uh, I would love to get more into that. That's something my parents did a lot when they were uh, young, not quite my age, a little older, but um, definitely during their time, that was a huge thing. Um, and it's something I would love to do more of. Um, in terms of how necessary it is, um, there's not a lot here in Oregon um, because we don't have so much active uh, political discourse doing something to... to um, hurt the general populace it's it's not entirely effective here i think to um to put ourselves that much in the way of of the the schedule um of those around us but i think in other areas um in california southern southern california has had a lot of civil dis- disobedience lately um I remember during the Occupy Wall Street, I was very young, um, but still uh, knowledgeable enough to be sad that I wasn't able to go. Um, but I remember there was a lot of civil disobedience going on there and a little bit here in Oregon. Right. Uh, but it's definitely something I want to do more of. It's definitely an effective way to do that. It's interesting being in Central Oregon. I moved here from Detroit back in 2001 and engaged in um, – during the Detroit newspaper strike uh, in the late 90s, there was a whole wave of, of uh, civil disobedience that involved getting arrested and getting hauled off to jail and stuff. And we all, many of us who were labor activists in Detroit, participated in that. And, and it was it was an interesting um, thing to come to Central Oregon and realize that, A, the labor movement, of the union movement, was quite small. And yeah. that the idea of union members uh, even going out on strike or anything like that, let alone engaging in civil disobedience, was 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 pretty remote. And while we have seen the nurses here in, in, uh, in Central Oregon at St. Charles be very militant uh, uh, and in in organizing around their demands for a contract and thus being and being successful as a result of getting a decent contract from St. Charles. We're, we're still uh, on that uh, in terms of the labor movement and in terms of issues like climate change and other issues. I, I've been to, you know, a few meetings where civil disobedience is brought up. It's something that requires a high amount of commitment. Mm-hmm. to a commit, commitment to what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. It requires a high amount of commitment to the fact that you may go to jail. You're going to need lawyers. You're going to need, you know, you don't you don't want to get a whole bunch of people arrested and, and uh, thrown in jail without a plan to get them out. <laughs> you, know, I yeah. mean, you know, that's important. And that requires a, lo- a lawyer. Anyway, we don't need to go on a- into that anymore. And I know that you want to you want to get out of here um, shortly after the hour here. Um, but what else have we, have we, have we left any, is there, is there anything that, that has been left out here that you, uh, any thoughts that you have that you want to impart to young people here in central Oregon, um, as well as to adults about, uh, what you would like, what you feel needs to be done? Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Um, so I, I think. Really, um, just do more action. <laughs> um, as simple as that sounds, it's uh, not quite that easy. But um, con- uh, controversial. Uh, what I said earlier, uh, all you have to do is be there, is really true. Um, just be there. When I first planned um, 
that first protest just a few months ago, um, although it seems like several years in this administration. Um, it really was. I had see, I got an email from Move On, a uh, national organization, saying that there were protests going nationwide, um, that there might one, be one near me. So I checked, and there wasn't. Um, and I said, well, someone will do it. And I checked a day later, and there still wasn't. So I said, okay, well, I'll do it. Um, so I registered it with Move On. I started working with Indivisible Bend, and that was enough. And that that was actually way out of my way. I had gone to protests a little bit, but not – well, by that by that time, I was doing pretty regularly. But um, – Definitely. Uh, the first step is attending protests, as many as possible. Uh, definitely go to move on. Um, I think it's .org, yeah. Um, and you can sign up for a newsletter and, and text alerts, which is what I do. That'll let you know when there's a move on sanctioned protest nearby. I think Indivisible has the same function. Um, as well as there's a lot of tools uh resist bot through facebook messenger is an excellent tool it'll tell you if that kind of thing um is there it'll also give you the capacity to uh contact your representatives so definitely engage with those um do as much as possible to find out when there's a protest go to those protests and then the next time there's a chance for a protest and no one's taking it plan it yourself um i don't want to be the only one doing the uh environmental protests so again if someone would like to work with me on that um that's great uh and please contact me at orden uh at climate or ah orden at um u.s climate u.s strikes. youth climate strikes u.s climate u.s youth, youth US climate youth strikes should be climate strikes yes um dot org oregon at U.S. Youth Climate Strikes dot org. Definitely, um, they can get to you through that. They can get to me. That'll go directly to me, and I can um, help you get more involved in this um, community. Uh, I don't want to be the only ones planning the one planning the environmental protests, and I'd love to see other youth planning other protests. Um, as well. I know I'm not the only one because there are those uh, who are helping with that, especially the March for Our Lives. I wasn't involved in that at all, and there were youth. Uh, there were some I great think- students. I had two two different groups of students on this show from the March for Our Lives, well, f- le- leading up to the March for Our Lives. And uh, and that was a real strong, good example to me of just real youth activism here in our community. The the women's marches, too, have been where you just visibly, you can see the number of young people that are involved in the women's marches or, that have been involved in in the women's marches since the first one, uh, the day after Trump's inauguration. So, Freddie Finney Jordet is here in the studio with me, and he's going to have to take off soon because there's a rally in Redmond at noon. Yeah, um, fitting. I'm supposed to be talking about it just before I go to it. Um, at Redmond City Hall. Yes. So, uh, if you are listening, and you happen to be. Uh, either in Redmond or as crunch for time as I am, um, definitely head to that, Redmond City Hall at 12 p.m. And then there was another one in Bend at 311 Northwest Wall Street. That's Peace Corner, uh, the corner of Newport and Wall, at 3 p.m. Um, those are youth strikes, but we definitely welcome um, adult supporters. Uh, yeah. And, you know, you mentioned Indivisible, and there is an Indivisible Bend. Uh, you can do, If you just Google uh, Indivisible Bends, the information will pop up there. There's the organization Vocal Seniority, which is obviously not young people, but older <laughs> people, but nonetheless a very active organization that has done a really good job, incidentally, of, of promoting 
the event, the events that youth have been involved in here in the, our community. Uh, there's the there's Oregon Strong Voice, which is related to the Oregon uh, connected to I should say, to the Oregon AFL CIO, the labor movement. So there's a number of organizations that uh, that want to support the work that you're doing, Freddie. So uh, thanks again for coming in. And uh, any final words here before you want to before you take off? Yeah, um, I'll say it again, and I'll say it a million times. In fact, I will die in this soapbox um, that. It is imperative that we work together um, to really achieve change in this political climate because one person um, standing on a corner with a sign is not enough. It makes an impact and it shows that at least one person is angry about it. But the more people we have, um, the more we can show that we are the, the, the people who are in charge essentially of what our country does, that the government works for us and not the other way around, and that if the vast majority of us and the vocal majority of us says that um, we have to take action on, in this case, climate change or anything else, then it is the government's job to abide by that. And if they're not doing so, then it's our job to get mad. Um, so definitely go to protests. Um, Find out about protests is the first step. Go to protests is the second. And plan protests that haven't already been planned is the third. See those opportunities where you can have a protest and do it. As many as possible is always good. And lobby your local legislators, elected officials, etc. Definitely lobby your local legislators and elected officials. Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of central Oregon. For more information and a program schedule, go to kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcast at kpov.org.